What's going on, Dolphins fans? This is Kyle Krabs, your host on Locked on Dolphins. And it is the first official episode of the NFL's 2022 offseason. The Miami Dolphins coaching staff is starting to come into form based on some hires at the end of last week. A bucket list item for yours truly and more here today on Locked on Dolphins. Are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? This is your host Kyle Krabs. You're on Locked On Dolphins, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, and ready to tackle the offseason with some continued gusto here on. Locked on Dolphins. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered for all of your betting needs this season and every season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, uh, Dolphins hiring, reportedly hiring an offensive line coach. Uh, Dolphins making a decision on the defensive coordinator. These things happening at the end of last week. Uh, Dolphins getting a wide receiver coach. These are things we didn't get a chance to catch up on uh, last week on Locked On Dolphins because I ended up going to Los Angeles for a couple of days with my work and travels for the Draft Network. Uh, One of our big partners is Panini. Uh, the trading card company. And they set up some thing in downtown Los Angeles where they had players come by and it's like a, a VIP lounge for the players or whatever. And da, 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 da. Uh, but one of the players <laughs> who showed up was not a player at all. It was a retired player and it was former Miami Dolphins running back, Ricky Williams. And we got a chance myself and, and Joe Marino, my, co-host of our NFL Draft Podcast, had a chance to talk with Ricky Williams uh, for about 20 minutes. And we interviewed him and asked him about a slew of topics uh, and and talked about uh, the running back position in general, NFL offensive football in general. We talked about traits at the running back position. We talked about his story and his journey and his ability to prioritize uh, his own well-being and being somebody who was uh, on the forefront of that push for players uh, at the NFL level. Just an incredible conversation. And Ricky was everything I hoped that he would be in more as as far as somebody having a conversation and, and providing insight. So when that drops, I'm sharing this to say, I have something he said in the interview I want to talk about on the show. Uh, but when that drops, I'll post that on social media here on Locked on Dolphins so you guys can get a chance to watch or listen to that interview because, man, it's a great it's a great catch up with Ricky Williams. And um, we really appreciate his time. Uh, but we asked Ricky, we asked all the players that we talked to, if you were scouting players at your respective position, 
What are some of your ideal traits that you would absolutely look for and not compromise? And Ricky kind of got got into the conundrum that you're faced when evaluating running backs because he openly acknowledged I'm pretty old school in this regard, like like toughness and uh, durability, availability is the best ability and a lot of things that made Ricky Ricky when he was first with the Dolphins. But then uh, the other end of the conversation, he also talked about how challenging uh, filling that role was as a player. And that Ricky himself, the trends of the league that we're getting into now was when first starting to showcase itself. Obviously, they had Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams towards the tail end of Ricky's career. And then Ricky said, you know, that uh, duo or platoon is something that really energized him and allowed him to be the best version of himself in his mind as a running back. So you're, you're evaluating the player and it's like, well, ideally I'd like to have 2002 Ricky Williams, <laughs> but ideally my usage is not, 2002 Ricky Williams, it's 2009 Ricky Williams. And I th- I thought that was applying that to the Dolphins' current running back situation, I thought was really interesting because the Dolphins are kind of in that spot where, I mean, they don't have either version of Ricky Williams right now. But they, what, what do they have now? Like Travis Minor? If we're going back to the 2000s teams? But that's the conundrum as far as investing in the position. And San Francisco is an offensive backfield. And one of the other players that we got to talk to actually out there was 2021 sixth round pick Elijah Mitchell, who led the San Francisco 49ers in rushing. And Elijah's story is obviously very different. Ricky was a top five overall pick team traded their whole draft to get Ricky Williams. Elijah Mitchell was a sixth round pick. He wasn't even the first running back taken by his team in 2021. And we asked Elijah the same question. And Elijah's question uh, was very different in that it reflected his own version of reality that he's experienced to this point as a player versus Ricky. Ricky, the franchise. You got to be tough. You got to be available. Elijah, first thing out of his mouth, and my heart about melted. I love this guy now. Got to be good in pass pro. I love it. Backs who block is a campaign that I'm going to continue to pound the table for. But for Elijah, he said, I had to focus on pass protection and special teams to guarantee I was even going to have a spot on the roster. But Elijah being a part of a backfield that had Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson and Trey Sermon and him, that runs deep. And I think if that's going to be our expectation for Miami for an ideology perspective in building the running back room, and it may not be, right? It may not be. But if that's the, the best predictor for future behavior is past 
performance. And that is San Francisco's track record. And Mike McDaniel has been there as they have built that running back room out. I'm sure there's some happy medium to fill, right? We get a sixth round pick and a top five pick. But it was just kind of cool to hear the embodiment in both of those guys of their versions of reality and what life as an NFL player meant for them. And as we we bear in mind and, and look forward and try to forecast what the running backs room is going to look like for the Dolphins next year and try to jigsaw puzzle piece together your ideology with maximizing your overhaul potential of the running back room. I don't know how it fits, but it feels like it has to be in between the two because committing to very early in in a draft, any draft, let alone this draft, which I don't think has those kinds of backs. Kenneth Walker is a great runner, but he's completely ineffective as his current version of himself on passing downs. And if you're trying to build a room out to complement a quarterback because you need an answer on the quarterback, I don't know that I would want that premier investment coming on that player not having confidence on what he is in that area of the game. Built Bars of Protein Bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. they got 100% chocolate on all of their bars. Best of all, they're absolutely delicious. And right now you can visit built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and save 15% off your next order. That is built.com, promo code LOCK15 to save 15% on your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. Dolphins have been busy uh, making some decisions for this coaching staff. Here's what we know as of Friday for the Dolphins coaching staff under head coach Mike McDaniel. Two of the three coordinators are going to remain the same from last year's team. Josh Boyer, defensive coordinator, and Danny Crossman as the special teams coordinator. We've gotten several big moves uh, with positional assistance. We're retaining Anthony Campanile, Charles Burks, Austin Clark, Retaining running backs coach Eric Studisville. No co-offensive coordinator title for him, though. I think that's important. Tight ends coach and assistant head coach John Embry is new. He's coming over from San Francisco, held the previous title before. Wide receivers coach Wes Welker. Yes, that Wes Welker. Uh, that's a, an addition that I'm excited to, to see materialize. If you can get all of your receivers here to embody Wes Welker, we're going to be in really good shape. And we have an offensive line coach, reportedly. Uh, This hire comes from Boston College, and the report came from Pete Thamel. Sources, the Dolphins are expected to hire Boston College offensive line coach Matt Applebaum as the team's new offensive line coach. Uh, So this one comes off the board a little bit. This wasn't necessarily somebody who was on everybody's radar for what 
this hire could look like. But it does make some sense on a number of different fronts. First and foremost, Applebaum um, was on that Washington Commanders coaching staff back at the beginning of last decade. Um, so there, there's a Shanahan experience here. And Applebaum's big task at Boston College was to transition the Eagles into an offense that ran a lot of zone. You know, they they overhauled their offense. They when Jeff Halfley got there, they went from a team that ran the ball a ton, didn't really offer anything in the passing attack, uh, but their running was more downhill. Think like AJ Dillon. And I forget who the kid was like 2014 that, that came before him, but was the same kind of player. To a team that runs a lot of vertical passing and a lot of zone, obviously coming off of that Shanahan system and background. Applebaum uh, has two players in this year's draft class that are very very impressive players. Uh, the first one being Zion Johnson, who yours truly mocked to the Dolphins in my latest mock draft for the draftnetwork.com about a month ago. Uh, and that was obviously before this hire became apparent. Uh, and then Alec Lindstrom, the center prospect, who ha- is one of the ACC all first team. Offensive line. Um, This addition, I think, kind of fits the ideology of what we've expected from this team. Um, And it may, the, the primary reason it makes sense. And it, it still probably wouldn't have been like at the top of my personal list, but it doesn't matter if it was at the top of my personal list. Right at the end of the day, this is the hire that they made. I'm not the head coach of the team. I don't have to work with this person on a daily basis. So I get it. But one of the reasons this makes sense is you look at this Dolphins offensive line. And it has a lot of youth and remaining inexperience. And you have a college coach who recently worked with successfully at a high level in the ACC, a college coach who worked with young, inexperienced players and successfully made the same transition the Dolphins are going to try to make into a different style rushing attack. As a point of reference, Pro Football Focus ranked Boston College 11th in terms of their team run blocking grade. Um, And Miami, obviously we all know quite well, uh, was very ineffective in that capacity playing the game. So if, never mind reading the tea leaves and trying to, you know, use this as a prognosticator for what's going to happen with the Dolphins 29th overall pick in the draft, which is their first round pick and all that kind of stuff. But if you're just looking at this from a surface level, 
you made a hire uh, for somebody who was well-regarded at the college level. You made a hire of someone who has successfully done the same exact task you are going to ask them to do in Miami. Now, I would be remiss to say the Dolphins still need two and a half, and I would take the over on two and a half, new starters on your offensive line. But what that ultimately looks like, the players they're ultimately able to secure, and how that impacts the scheme is something that Mike McDaniel himself, when he went on the Dan Lebitard podcast uh, and did an interview, talked about um, as far as customizing your scheme to the talent that is available to you. Music to everybody's ears, right? I think the interesting thing about McDaniel is the coaching staffs he has been on do have a track record of actually doing that thing because every coach is going to get on. And uh, and Lebitard himself pointed this out as well, I believe, on the podcast. But every coach goes into his press conference and talks about being aggressive and scoring a lot of points and giving their best players the ball and blah, 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 blah. But that is one thing that I look at this coaching staff's history that Mike McDaniel has been on, and they have routinely featured their best players and gotten creative featuring their best players. That's a good thing. The other thing that Coach McDaniel said that I thought uh, was really interesting was he talked about Chris Greer, general manager of the team. We talked about Stephen Ross, too, uh, both of them, but specifically about Chris Greer, because I know Chris Greer, for a lot of Dolphins fans, is a hot-button topic. And I, I'm sure for some this will be controversial, but I like Chris Greer as a general manager. Um, there's no ands, ifs, or buts. There's been missteps and miscalculations and so on and so forth. But I think what McDaniel shared on the Levitard interview that kind of, I thought, embodies why I like Chris Greer and why Chris Greer is still here. So he said, if you have been around the league or talked to anybody around the league who knows Chris, he's the perfect kind of general manager to work with because his vision for himself as a GM is to go out and find players for the system his coach wants to run. And we've known that this was supposed to be a collaborative effort going back to 2019 when Chris was placed firmly in control of football operations and given a head coach and Brian Flores and that was all was talked about is Chris Greer was never going to pick a player that his head coach doesn't want, blah, 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 blah. They'll try to compromise from time to time, but he's never going to force players on his coach and so on and so forth. And we already heard in the aftermath of Brian Flores leaving the organization that he was effectively making these personnel decisions. He pushed for more player personnel control in 2021 and going into 2022 was pushing for even more which is a very, uh, I guess, Bill O'Brien mentality. And Bill O'Brien, the head coach, was a very good coach. But Bill O'Brien, the GM, stunk out loud. And Bill O'Brien, the GM, got Bill O'Brien, the coach, fired in Houston and absolutely tanked the future of the Houston Texans. 
So to hear McDaniel go on Lebitard and praise Chris Greer's vision, quote, vision for himself as a GM, I thought was very interesting. And I thought it did a nice job of embodying and understanding Chris Greer's ability to change his mentality depending on what the team's life cycle is and what the team's vision for themselves is, uh, is important. And that's, that's hard to not find, to, to not have a general manager who's going to be completely steadfast and say, well, this is my vision for what a team's supposed to look like. So I'm going to draft for that and you better figure it out. Football season might be over, but basketball is full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops. For all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today and you, or use your mobile device to sign up and learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. So where does this leave us from a Dolphins perspective? The coaching staff. There's a few important gaps to fill in. None more important than the offensive coordinator spot. And to our knowledge, we have three candidates for the job. Atlanta Falcons quarterbacks coach Charles London. New Orleans Saints wide receivers coach Curtis Johnson. And now, according to Tom Pelissero on Saturday, I believe it was, Los Angeles Chargers run game coordinator, and offensive line coach Frank Smith. Offensive line coach, you say. You have my attention. You absolutely positively have my attention. Uh, One of the things that I've been working through myself is the scarcity of quality offensive line coaches and kind of embracing the fact that if you can get an offensive line coach in an elevated role in your coaching staff, you do not see too many OCs or assistant head coaches or offensive line coaches. So obviously if a team is going to hire away from you, they have to offer a promotion. If you're offering a lateral move, you can block. So if you can find a situation in a circumstance in which you can get an offensive line coach that you like and you can put an assistant head coach, and that won't be the case in Miami, or an offensive coordinator tag on this coach, it's going to be very difficult for teams to offer a promotion unless they're going to be hiring this guy as as their head coach of their football team. Uh, This from Dolphins Wire from uh, Mike Masala. Just a quick catch-up on uh, Frank Smith. Smith has spent just one year in his position with the Chargers after spending three years with the Chicago Bears and three seasons with the Las Vegas Raiders as the tight end coach in both spots. With Smith as the offensive line coach for the Chargers this year, the Chargers gave up the fourth fewest sacks per game, 1.8, and were 13th in pass block win rate at 61%. Consider me intrigued. Uh, I can't guarantee 
that this is a slam dunk. I need to do more research on Frank Smith. I also need to do more research on Curtis Johnson, who I knew Omar Kelly had glowing reviews for as one of the best coaches that he's ever been around. And uh, Charles London. But we, on this show, are going to continue forging forward with our roster evaluation. Uh, Tomorrow is wide receivers. Evaluating the wide receiver room for 2021 and looking at how those players fit into the vision of what it means to be a wide receiver in Mike McDaniel's offense based off historical data. And we'll continue evaluating the offensive roster throughout the course of this week. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed last night's Super Bowl. Rams win, uh, staving off an AFC uh, Lombardi trophy for another young quarterback in the AFC landscape. And I hope each and every one of you uh, enjoyed today's episode of Locked on Dolphins. Make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening.